This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. Remain blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's settle down. Let's come around in the presence of our Father this morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. And we shall rejoice and be glad in it. It's a privilege to be called a son, a daughter of Zion. And as we gather in the presence of our Father, we can be rest assured that He has a lot of goodies, a lot of blessings in store for us that He will give us this morning. We have been on the study, by the grace of God, on the local church. It has been quite enriching. So we thank God for how he has been feeding us, you know, shaping, reshaping our mindset and reminding us of several things as we have been on this study. Where we are in him, we are found. We are not orphans. We are not lost. We are blessed beyond the measure that what our minds can even wrap around is too innumerable. And that is why in understanding and discussing the place of the local church, we see the Father's heart on how he expects us to be organized in our conduct, in the atmosphere. We see the Father's heart in how he wants his church to operate. And in appreciation to him, what we can do is just to align. Because what he's done for us is is we we can never repay him. What he has given us, we can never repay. We can never say thank you enough. Praise the Lord. So last week, we, um, we were looking at, we ended looking at the local church from the aspect of Matthew 18, 15 to 20. We ended that Roman um, numeral 2. And amongst all that we gleaned from that portion of scripture, issues bordering on discipline, issues bordering on authority, spiritual authority, issues bordering on relationship amongst ourselves were highlighted. And we understood from last week's portion that the local church must be united in their operation. And they should be in agreement with herself and within herself so that the presence of God can be felt, can be seen in the mighty name, by the grace of God in Jesus' name. The local church also is a place where we fellowship with ourselves. We thank God for how he's helping us with that. It should continue. Amen. And although we know that technology has made, has brought another side of fellowship, but the place of gathering together, not forsaking the assembly, is in the Father's heart as priority. Amen. The local church is promised, has been promised to be the dwelling place of Christ. Christ dwells in us. We function from the head. And just as how the body is connected to the head to function properly, that is how we should be connected and are connected to Christ. For he said, where two or three are gathered, he is there. So he has promised to dwell with us. And um, we function as representatives 
of Christ in our local assembly. Amen. So wherever we are, wherever the church um, building is located with members coming there, we are supposed to be representatives of Christ. And that's why we have outreaches not far from where we are located. We also dwelt on the truth that one person does not and cannot become a church. Is not done. One person cannot be the local church. The way God made it, that we are supposed to plug in to the local church, find our place and function and serve. And as we relate to one another, the, the um, aspect of working on our character, you know, character formation, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is being entrenched. We become like Christ in that manner. And by the grace of God, um, the local church cannot be dis- the local church cannot be disregard cannot disregard any believer in operation. Every person grows in Christ. Every person finds his place of function, and by then we all grow together in the name of Jesus. So we also delved into some aspects of the spiritual protocol when it comes to leaving a local church. Just as how the Lord located us. The Bible says he placed the solitary in families. He brought us together. He is in charge of how and when we leave. If there are issues that are not too um, settled in your spirits. We have to always find that check and be rest assured that the Lord is the one leading us wherever we are going to. Amen. So that being said, we are moving on to Roman numeral 3. Where... In our manuals, I hope we have our manuals. There are some manuals that were left behind in church, forgotten. So you can check with the media desk in case yours is part of that number. A Roman numeral three, the local church is the means by which the purposes of God will become a reality. Amen. The local church is the means by which the purposes of God will become a reality. You know, in studying this, so many things came to mind. But first and foremost, is a long read. Let's open to Ephesians 4, chapter, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. I'm reading from the ISV version. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to live in a way that is worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Demonstrating all expressions. Please, let's follow with our Bibles, because from there, we are also going to be picking up things together, just as we did for um, the last class we ended last week. So, um, demonstrating all expressions of humility, gentleness, and patience, accepting one another in love. Do your best to maintain the unity of the Spirit by means of the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit. Likewise, you are called, into, you are called to the one hope of your calling. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in all. Now to each of us, grace has been given, proportionate to the measure of the Messiah's gift. That is why God says, when he went up to the highest place, he led captives into, he led captives into captivity, He led captivity captives and gave gifts to people. Now, what does this 
What does this he went up mean, except that he also had gone down into the lower parts of the earth? The one who went down is the same one who went up above all the heavens, so that all things will be fulfilled. And it is he who gifted some to be apostles, others to be prophets, others to be evangelists, and still others to be pastors and teachers, to equip the saints, to do the work of ministry, and to build up the body of Messiah, until all of us are united in the faith and in the full knowledge of God's Son. Yes, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Thank you, media. Let's move on. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wave of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which he is the head, even Christ. And finally, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effective, effectual working in the measure of every part, make it increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Amen. I hope we followed in our own um, Bibles. This is KJV Sodihi. The uh, grammar might be amen. So um, from there, we are going to start from uh, the point A. Now, in, in, in studying this part, what came to mind is like the heading of this portion um, to which the purposes of God will become a reality. What is the purpose of God as far as look in relation to the local church? You know, I looked at Genesis. When he created man. And he said, let us make man. That is when he was creating Cornelius. When he was creating Dorothy. You know, he said, let us make them like us. You know, I would, I would like, I would not want to read that portion out of context. 126, Genesis 126. Said then, God said, let us make Aisha in his image. To be like him. Amen. He said he wants to make us to be in his image. To be masters over the fish in the ocean, the birds of the air, you know, and all that. To dominate, to have dominion. Just as how the Lord God rules in heaven, the way he created Dorothy, the way he created Ruth, the way he created Aisha, is to dominate in that place that he has put us, where we function. In that place that we are to manifest his glory. That is the heart of the father. That is the purpose for every person. But before, because of the fall, from there till now, there's a whole lot of things that are going on. And the process to becoming that man is where we are today. We are talking about it. We're talking about uh, um, the place where the word of God helps us to build character. So that we can dominate as the Lord intended it right from the foundations of the world. That is the purpose. Amen. To be the way he has created us to be. To rule, to dominate, to express God on the earth. Amen. So point A um, says, Paul states the prerequisites. That is the prerequisites from verses 1 to 3. 
Paul states the prerequisites there. The heart attitudes must have several things that have been listed here. Let's read verse 1 to 3 again. That I therefore, can we have verse 1 to 3 on the screen? Media, you've helped me before and I believe the Lord will help you help me now. Okay? So I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to live in a way that is worthy of the calling which you have been called. Okay, with all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering, bearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So he has given us the prerequisite there for the local church. We are to relate with one ourselves with a type of heart attitude. The first one there is humility. We need to relate with, one our, with ourselves in humility. And there are several aspects to this humility. You know, um, first of all, we must be humble to accept that, <clears throat> to accept teaching, advice, and also discipline. We must be humble to accept that. We must also be humble to accept, um, to understand that every person is a work in progress. We must be humble to accept that. We can't, we can't, we can't get frustrated. We must be humble to accept that. Also, we must be humble to understand that our opinion is not the ultimate. You know, in the local church, in relating one another, we have um, protocols, we have several things the Lord has put in line, and also the beauty of, you know, um, the diversity of opinion. There's, there's, there's a beauty in it. Our own must not be the final, just because somebody has not risen the way you reason. That doesn't mean the person has a problem. Amen. And we must be humble to accept no sometimes. We must be humble to accept no sometimes. It might not be because of an opinion. It might, not, it might just be that for now, that is not applicable. There's a time for everything. And until that time comes, even the Lord, sometimes he gives us no as an answer. Sometimes he gives us not yet. Sometimes he says yes and you get answers. But he always answers every prayer with either of these three. Not yet. Yes. And no. Amen. So we must be humble to accept all the sides of humility. Then the second one there is gentleness. You know, our heart attitude, we must be gentle towards one another. And even though the children church, they've talked about the gift of the, the fruits of the spirit. I would like us as, as adults now, let us speak into this. How does, how can our hearts be gentle, and how does it express? How do we express gentility? How do we express gentleness with one another in the local church? If you are a gentle person, it's not by saying that, you know, I'm a gentle man, I'm a gentle guy. I'm gentle. It's not by saying it. You know, I know somebody that I say, you know, I'm a gentle man. He happens to be the father of my children. Amen. You say I'm a gentle guy, but is it by saying it? It's not by saying it now. So how do we know you're a gentleman? How do we know you're a gentle? <laughs> how do we know you're a gentle lady, a gentle guy? I'm still the CEO of the kitchen, so I will cook and we will all eat. 
Amen. I'm speaking to somebody, yes. Amen. So how, how are you gentle? Are you gentle? <laughs> how are we sure that you are gentle? Sister Fumi, I say you are gentle. The children shush. It is well. How do we know you are gentle? Let's speak into this. Amen. You know, I decided to speak on humility because everybody will claim humbleness, humility. Uncle Victor, are you gentle? Yes. Oh, yeah. Please hand him a mic. Let him him explain to us how we can relate in your gentility. Okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm a gentle guy. Yeah, gentle. You see? (laughs) Convince us and not confuse us that you are a gentleman. I don't do the things of the world. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yes, continue. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's help him. Are you gentle? Well, true about that is that uh, being gentle is actually relative, depending on. It's relative. You know, it's relative. The Holy Spirit because... has one. Is one. Okay, wait, no, no, no. Okay, no. It depends on. It depends on the context. Because, no, if you have to know, no, it just depends on the context. But if you have to look at it personally. I would say um, I'm not gentle. So the people have to project, sorry, I have to project me being humble for you to determine to know if I'm gentle or not. <laughs> no, I'm not convinced. No. You are confusing me. <laughs> you know, sometimes, eh? no, some, no, sometimes, eh? <laughs> okay, yeah, actually, if I'm gentle, I should prove it how, how I'm gentle. Yes. Okay. Now, we are, we are talking from, from that yes, context. From the, so if you're talking about that context, I'm gentle. Uh, uh, because I'm just gentle. I always believe this side of me. No, so I'm gentle. You are supposed to be expressive of this gentility. You express it. How do you express being gentle? People around, what do you people do? around me can see. <laughs> people around me can see. That's why I said it depends. Okay. That's why I said it depends. It's relative. Depending on how you are seeing me. This gentle, you are not, you are not saying it. <laughs> Wait, okay. <laughs> okay. Sister Fumi said she's gentle. Let her, okay. let her, yes. Let's, 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 let's hear. Say she's gentle. She say she's gentle. So let her prove this saying. It's not a hard saying. So, sorry. My reflex will be, will be to say I'm gentle, but... Considering the things that make up gentility, it reflects I'm not gentle. Like if if I ask you to do something and you really don't do it well, uh, I, I'm not likely to. Especially, yeah, what? So so I'm not likely to be considerate of your. Um, I'm not likely to be considerate of your feelings. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not likely to. 
think that I, I, I just want to understand what happened that you did not deliver what you were supposed to deliver in the way that it was supposed to be del delivered. So I think gentility um, is from, you know, how you would respond to people when they do not, even though you would not still take shoddy work, but how you will still respond to when they do not, when they give you subpar, um, subpar things to do, how you would talk, how you, so if we take those things, it, so let first me of first, you. no, I'm not. So let me I, but I'm trusting you. God to be like that. Yes. We are all a work in progress. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yes, Uncle Fola. Okay. I want to say gently, uh, to be gentle is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And as God's children, they expected that we, we have it that is in us. And uh, let's bring it down home when we say that uh, uh, gentility is not stupidity. Because some people will take you for granted once they notice that you are this quiet, this gentle person. So from that part of uh, addressing a gentleman, you know, by the time you relate with somebody, and uh, it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's not common to everybody. Some people of the world may, may assume they have it because of their nature. Being quiet, easygoing, not, not fighting, you know, can deduce from somebody who is not very outspoken to assume the person is gentle, but try to come close to the person, relate with the person, then you'll discover that he's actually not oh, yeah. having that fruit of the Holy Spirit in him. So, it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit, I have said, and we should express it in our conduct and in our attitude. People should see us as having that gift, that fruit of the Holy Spirit. So, so are you gentle? Yes, I am. Amen. Okay, um, let's finalize. Um, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think what we want to talk about is we need to look at it from two perspectives. There is a world definition of gentleness, and there is God's definition of gentleness, and they are different. And uh, both can be taught. There is what we call etiquette. And uh, people are actually taught that. And uh, if you do some things, it shows you are a gentle person or a lady. Something as simple as if you are climbing a staircase, where should a woman stand? If you, are, if, you are, if you are climbing upstairs, a woman should be in your front. If you are climbing downstairs, she should be at your back. So, those are the things. <laughs> yes, the reason why if you are climbing upstairs, she should be in your front is that in case she trips, she can fall back on you. While you are climbing down, she should, you should be in the front of the mask. Then clearly she trips, she can also fall on you. So, so, but those are gentleness. If you do those things, uh -huh, those are things we're talking about. You open the door for somebody. You, open, you pull a seat for a woman. Uh, all those things are things that can be taught. And some ladies have mastered that. Some men have mastered that. Ah, that man is very gentle. I like the way he does it. But that's not for her. And her doing some things for him also. There are etiquettes that, that, that determines gentleness, world standard. And there are also uh, attributes that determines the gentleness of the Holy Spirit, which is completely different from what we're talking about. Very different. But the issue is, by the time the gentleness of the Holy Spirit, you begin to culture it if you don't have it. Because if everybody has it, it's only there in the Bible. That means we can develop it 
aside from the but all those other things the world is now trying to teach will begin to show gradually over time and genuinely not because you want to please this person or you, you, you want to entice somebody. That's why you do all those things. You are doing it genuinely because you really want the best for the person. So when we talk about gentleness and the, uh, of the Holy Ghost, will you say Jesus was gentle while he was humanly or not? There are some things Jesus did that didn't show human gentleness. All those woo, 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 they are not gentle. It's, they are not gentle statements. Who want to Pharisees? Who want to? If you do that these days, you can never be classified as gentle. You, are, you will see as as spitting fire and cursing everybody. But we know that's not what we're talking about. We are talking about gentleness and righteousness and doing things according to, to the things of God and being firm and understand that what I'm doing, I'm quiet. I know what I'm doing. Even if you are not quiet, but you know what you're doing. You you want to you 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 the way you express it. If you want to correct, you correct in love. You want to do your thing. You are not, you are not, you, are, you do your things in moderation and by the guidance of the Holy Ghost. Thank you. Finally, sister. Okay. Um, I just wanted to continue from where he stopped. Um, aside from the world definition, the biblical definition of gentleness, I also feel that there is personal definition of gentleness. Um, the reason why I say that because there are some people that have uh, their own definition of gentleness. Like if you are doing more more to them, you are always yes sir, yes sir. They felt that you are gentle. But the day you try to defend yourself, as in to them, you are no longer gentle or you are not gentle. So if you are that, uh, yes sir, yes sir, that's gentleness to them. That's okay. Yes, sister. De- Okay, I have a a few metrics that we can use to kind of evaluate ourselves to determine if if you are gentle. We can just reflect. Yes, we can just reflect on it. For for example, do you have empathy? Do you reflect on your what's it called? Reflect on your ability to understand and share the feelings of others. Do you share the feelings of others? Do you actively listen to others? and show concern for their emotions. You can assess how you treat others in your daily interactions. Are you kind, patient, and considerate in your words and behaviors? Do you avoid causing harm or discomfort? You can also notice how you handle disagreements or conflicts. Do you strive for peaceful resolutions? Do you aim to understand uh, different perspectives of people, see things from other people's perspective, and find uh, a kind of compromise? Uh, You should also pay attention to how people respond to your presence. Are people comfortable around you? Do they feel uh, free to seek your support and confide in you uh, because of your attitude, the way you respond so people, they know that, okay, if I, I can confide in this person, this person will not castigate me or feel maybe I'm a sinner or, or uh, that kind of person. Are people comfortable around you? So we can look at these things. Can we say that we, we reflect these things in our daily lives? So when you look at all of those, you can say, okay, am I gentle or I'm still a work in progress? Okay. Thank you very much. Um, Jesus... Some, some of the things you mentioned there, like, um, do you see things from other people's perspective? 
The Pharisees were seen like this. They could not, as in the, how, how, how do you expect Jesus to relate to that kind of mindset? Than to tell them outright that, see guys, you have missed it. And like um, doctor said, because he was straightforward and telling them the truth, they didn't see him as nice. In fact, they planned to kill him inside the temple. Gang, 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 gang. Temple that's supposed to be holy. So God will help us like we've all agreed is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And in its expression, should not be quick to, to be on the surface in terms of physical. Let the Holy Spirit help us in expressing those things. But also, since we are all a work in progress, our neighbors, our friends, our colleagues, by the time we hear all they have to say, it will put us on a scale that, okay, this is, this is where we are, and we are all a work in progress. Amen. Thank you very much. So patience, a heart attitude, must, we must all have patience with one another. I think that is also established. And uh, I, was, I was thinking to myself, like, one of the things we were encouraged to do is this temperament test before we got married. And honestly speaking, patience was not a good thing, as in, no, it wasn't easy. <laughs> as at that time, coming into marriage, you have to be patient, you have to be like, hey, that is one aspect of patience. Then you now have children again. You have to be double patient. Each patient for each individual husband or your spouse, each child, because they are all different individuals and you must be patient with all of them. So there's no, you, you just must keep drawing from the Holy Spirit. You must just keep drawing from him. You have something to say, sir? Amen. And I'll be posted on our page later. It will be good so that we can go through and truly um, walk towards it. Somebody said um, gentleness is relative. It's really not relative. You are either gentle or you are not. Some of us, you use perfume. You know when you use ash perfume, you know when you have perfume that is soft and gentle. Gentleness means that you are soft. It means you are, you are not abrasive. You don't come across like rash. Do you understand? When you say something is rash, when you have rashes on somebody's body and you rub your hand, you know it's not smooth. So that is not gentle. If it is smooth, that is gentle. So when you, when you feel, when you can touch something and the thing feels soft, or a person, a personality, if we want to um, narrate it to a bit, um, relate it to a personality, that personality is soft and tender. If it is so, yes, kind, soft, tender, you will say the person is gentle. So it's not, well, Jesus could have said, whoa, blah, 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 but majorly it was gentle. It was gentle, he could identify with the lowly, he could identify with people, he wasn't... Um, judging them before hearing do you understand what i'm saying people were free like the things that you you, you she said she read to us people were free they felt good to come to him because they knew he, he would not judge them based on his own strength he will come to their own level and try to see things from their own point of view so gentility where we can just take you can just take this home it means you are not rash it means you are not abrasive some of us in our temperaments and um, the singles are having a session today after service. Part of what we are looking at is temperament. Are you a rash person? When people come, the way you talk to people, do they leave you feeling good or they leave you, you know, feeling? Do you understand what I'm saying? You use perfume. Me, I like male perfume. Why? Rash. It's you pungent. You will feel it. You know, I'm learning to be a lady. 
and use lady perfume. Use, you know, things that are mild, that are soft. That is gentleness. So if you are not gentle, you know you are not gentle. And it is not relative. And we know it's a fruit of the spirit. We should try and get it. God wants us to have it. Be gentle. Let people leave your place feeling good and sweet. You know, but if we are rash, we are condemning, we are saying, whoa. So don't say that Jesus was, we can say he was cursing people. Maybe there was, there was of course there was, and it wasn't just any people, they needed it. They needed that. And if we need to be firm and stem, we need to, we need to be firm and stem, stem with people. And it doesn't mean you are not gentle when you are, you know, you are, uh, you know, you are insisting. It doesn't mean, but generally speaking, do people, are people comfortable? All those things you reeled out to us. Let's, let's look at those things again and judge ourselves. Will I be, will I, am I, um, um, am I, um, uh, will you sympathize with people? Can you put yourself in other people's shoes? Do you don't judge them before they talk? You allow them, you come into their, you know, come into their space and look from their own point of view before you offer your counsel. Amen. Yes, sir. Thank you, ma. Thank you, ma. Um, just to say a few things in addition to what Pastor Mia said. Um, really, gentleness is not relative. We have said that over and over again. However, we are growing into the gentleness described in uh, Ephesians, sorry, Galatians chapter 5. And um, the truth is, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, it is one part of the fruit. There are several parts to it, right? And we are, they are all, or rather, we are all supposed to have every one of them in full measure as we grow into maturity in Christ. Praise the Lord. Now, yeah. the expressions of this will be at different levels in our lives towards your spouse, towards your children, towards people who are working with you, towards your neighbors, towards the man that is not giving you change when you enter the vehicle, towards uh, the guy at the organizer uh, plate, towards, uh, I mean, even towards the president. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh So, towards the president, I repeat it again. So, we don't... We don't have to be overly, uh, but the, the Holy Spirit is the one that guides how this is expressed. Now, the Bible says in that Ephesians chapter 5, I went back to, sorry, Galatians chapter 5, I went back to it and I read from verse um, 16. Sorry to go back to this. It says, so I, let, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. They won't be doing what your sinful nature then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Then in verse, um, in verse, um, what, okay? In verse 24, Bible now says that those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of, of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So that means that there are times when we would have uh, disregard the nudgings of the Holy Spirit in terms of, and this also reflects in self-control. Praise the Lord. We are, we are going to be touching different aspects of this as we go along. However, gentleness, being a fruit of the Holy Spirit, is what we need to grow into. Pastor Fumi said something about judging people before, uh, they, they, before they finish their conversations or before they, once you see them, you have a perception about them. Recently, I had a conversation with my wife, and I had already made past a judgment. Though, in the light of what uh, 
uh, the conversation was going toward, I had not listened completely to her. Praise the Lord. And I had already made a, uh, taken a position which was really to correct or to correct a, an activity, but it wasn't the right time to say it because I had not finished listening to everything. And I felt, ah, she was not happy about it. Of course, I, I also felt, no, I have done, I have not allowed her to speak. The Bible says, be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. Be slow to get angry. So these are expressions, various parts of the Bible has various expressions of this uh, gentleness that we are describing. So you cannot say, I am gentle. Yes, you, are, you, you, are, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You are trying to, you are, you are trying to uh, allow him help you to become the fullness of that description, gentleness. However, you cannot do it by yourself. And you cannot, at that point in time, arrogate it on yourself yet. Because it is a work that is doing inside of you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, everyone. All right. So, Father says, bearing with one another in love. That's also another aspect of being kind, gentle, fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fifth one there says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Let peace reign in our hearts. Blessed are the peacemakers and also peacekeepers. Amen. All right. B there says, Paul states, the reason, the dash there is, the reason for our effort. The reason why we must have this heart attitude, the reason why we must strive to, to gain full expression of the, Holy, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is, number one, there is only one body, the body of Christ. There's no denomination. There is no a discrimination based on gender, educational qualification, whatever um, um, medium that is used to create a division. In, in Christ, there's only one body, the body of Christ. All denominations cease to exist. There is only one spirit. There is only one spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord who is working in us, both to will and to do of the good pleasures of the Lord. There is only one hope. There is only one hope. And here, hope in Christ, hope of being saved, hope of glory. Amen. There is only one Lord. His name is Yahweh. He is the Lord God Almighty, the ruler of the heavens, the owner of the earth. There is only one faith. And it's by faith we relate with our Lord. Our relationship with Christ is by faith. Not by works. We can never do it on our own. It's by faith. Six, that says there is only one baptism. And here I might add, initiation process. Amen. We believe in him. We open ourselves 
to him and we receive the Holy Spirit. We trust him and we speak in tongues. Hallelujah. Seven there says, there is only one God, the Father of all, who is above all and through all and in us all. Amen. There is only one God and he is the Father of all. Hallelujah. All right, let's move in, moving on to C. Paul states the means, the means by which God will perfect the church. That's in verse 7 to 12. It's there for us to read. One there says, the grace of God walking in each person. Now here, verse 7 says, but unto every one of us is given, the, given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. I have a question here. Who determines the quantity of Christ in every believer? Who determines the quantity of Christ? There's a measure. There is a... Let me know. Who determines the quantity of Christ in every believer? Amen. Or maybe I'm not asking the question well. When a believer gives his life to Christ... Who determines the quantity the believer gets? Then afterwards, does it stay like that? Does it remain at that level? Or something has to be done to that quantity? Or that expression? Or that measure of the gift of Christ? It says, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Each of us have been given grace. Hallelujah. The grace of God is working in each and every one of us. Each of us have different graces, different areas, different, different abilities. Let me put it like that. That we manifest, that has been given to us for the body of Christ to benefit from. Okay, sir. The question, who determines the quantity of Christ? Because uh, it sounds funny. Um, but what I think you mean is, or let me explain the way I have understood. God is fair and just in that when every believer comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, we all started on the same footing. He's a just God, he's a fair God. It is the same, so that nobody will say, hey, God gave uh, the pastors more grace when they came. That's why they rose to become pastors. Inasmuch as gifts and callings are different, but the measure of Christ that we receive uh, upon salvation is the same. That's why you will read in, um, is it First Peter or James? And I said, draw near to God. And he will do what? Draw near to you. So, you are as close to God. That's what Rick Joyner used to say. You are as close to God as you actually want to be and you decide to be. That somebody is manifesting any level of grace. Number one, yes, callings are different. And what matters most is that you find your calling and you are in it. But grace is the same salvation. The blood of Jesus that saved Pastor Deboye is not 50 liters. And 
It's the blood of Jesus that saved you. Five liters. No, it's the same. It's the same faith, the same spirit. But based on our callings, then based on how you also apply yourself to God. So he said, every one of us, unto every one of us, is given what? Grace, according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So grace is the same. Now your specific gifting may now be different, but when you say the measure of Christ, upon our salvation, we all received the same. Amen. I hope that kind of answers clarifies. Yes, sir. Uh, I want to take this in a different direction. Yeah. Right? Um, when that the Bible here states that the measure of Christ, now, and it said, some gave apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and all that for the equipping of the church. Now, that or those graces are all in Christ, the five of them, and the the measure of those graces is more or less like the expression of Christ for the benefit of the church. So, in context. Looking at that passage of scripture, it was talking about typically the uh, expression of Christ that was needed for the church to grow. And no one person has the, all the expressions, right? So some have already, everyone rather has, um, just like Pastor Sherman said, a measure that are, has already been determined, right? A measure of Christ. Now, what measure of that measure do you have? That is where drawing near to God, right, becoming, coming closer to him so that his light can shine over you and you can begin to have such reflections of the distance that you have to him. Amen. Praise the Lord. So there is, there is that, I mean, the Bible says in that uh, Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, talking about as we behold, then we come into a place where it is how long and how consistent and how long, uh, sorry, how, let me, let me not mother English now. I wanted to say how waiting you are in that position of beholding. Praise the Lord. That you continue to see or uh, behold and uh, look at that mirror. If you take your eyes off it, if you walk away, you still have to come back and you start from where you stop. Or you, in fact, you won't start from where you stop, really, because... You, are, you have already been looking at something else. Praise the Lord. So really, it, there is a measure of Christ that he has given to uh, those five folds, right, to equip the church. And those five folds are meant to teach and equip the church to become and have an understanding of their own measures in growth, in becoming the fullness of Christ. Praise the Lord. I hope I have not confused us. But then, the, 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 there are two sides to it. The measure that God has, through Christ, given to the church, and then the determination of those measures each person has, that is, each individual uh, believer, and how we are working with the Holy Spirit to grow into that full measure. So, there is a measure from Christ, there is a measure that we also, and you will know, you will know in some sense, you will know, because your spiritual life, will also uh, reflect it. Praise the Lord. Thank you, sirs. Okay, number two says the leadership ministries, talking about the different 
um, ministries, apostles, prophets, that leadership ministries working to equip the saints for the work of the service. For the work of the service. And here is not just within the church environment, like ushers and all that, but even as a business person, how you relate with your contemporaries outside. The fivefold ministries are here to equip every one of us for the work of the service. Whether you're a business person or you're a teacher, an artist, or even a networker, the ministries are there to equip us to be better stewards and to be better workers in his vineyard. The third one there says, the saints using their gifts to build up the body of Christ. The saints using their gifts to build up the body of Christ. We all understand what gifts are. We all understand what gifts are. It can be um, you can be good with your hands. You can be an orator, you can be uh, even a shoemaker. You make shoes, or cobbler, shoemaker, whatever it is. Those your gifts are to build up the body of Christ. Those your gifts are to build up the body of Christ. You might ask, how can, how can that aspect build up the body of Christ? By the grace of God, we'll be stopping here, and we will continue next week. So let's just um, thank the Lord for how he has helped us. Indeed, he has given us a measure of Christ, and we are also walking in sync with the Holy Spirit to attain that position, that height, that place that the Lord expects us to grow into. So let's just ask that the Holy Spirit continues to walk in us. More of ourselves yield for the Holy Spirit to gain more access into our hearts, into our lives. Let's ask that the, the character, our character is built, is built, is formed according to the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Let's declare to ourselves that we walk in love, we have peace, we are joyful, we are patient by the help of the Holy Spirit. We are kind with one another. We are gentle in expression, in our relationships. You know, we are faithful. We are faithful to God. We are faithful to ourselves. We are faithful in our work and in things that he has entrusted in our hands. Let's rely, let's depend on the Holy Spirit. Let's declare the Holy Spirit will depend on you. So that Christ is fully formed in us. Holy Spirit will depend on you so that Christ is fully formed in us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, sweet Spirit of the living God. We bless and appreciate you, Lord. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. We believe you were blessed as you listened. Join us for a Sunday service at Metamorphosis Christian Center, Stanford Dialysis Building, beside Africa International College, opposite Sun City, Kaura District, Abuja. You can link with us on Facebook and YouTube at Metamorphosis NG. Metamorphosis Christian Center, reaching, raising, releasing.